Welcome everybody, it's your host, Taylor Smith, and you're listening to Read the Room, Sis, where I lead us in conversations centered around navigating young adult life as a Christian in this pop culture revolving society. Join me for new episodes every Friday at noon. And it's that time, so sit back, grab a snack, pop those dogs up, and let's read the room, sis. Hey guys, happy Friday. It is officially August, which means it's back to school time, which is very exciting. Probably not for others, but for some. It's exciting for me just because I'm excited to, you know, go ahead and get back in the flow of things. And I have so many different opportunities and roles and positions, leadership positions specifically this year that I'm excited to get into. So I'm looking forward to back to school, but let's hop right into office hours. If you're new here, I'm Taylor and you're listening to Read the Room and every episode we do office hours where I tell you guys, you know, what's been going on in my life and So right now, I just got back to New York City. My trip was absolutely amazing. Traveling is always so refreshing just because you just learn that there's so much more to life and so much more, you know, to the world than your small little bubble than just you. And I feel like New York City is the perfect place to, like, enhance your ideas around Sonder, like this idea that every person has, like, this vivid and complex life of their own. And seeing all the people, you know, getting on the subway, walking down the street, walking in Times Square... It was just such, it was so gratifying just to see everybody living their own life. And it kind of makes you feel like, okay, well, all these crazy, wonky things going on in my life really aren't that bad. And they're, you know, they're not as big as it seems because I'm my own main character. All of us are our own main characters. It's just sometimes I think, you know, we can get a little bit caught up in life thinking that we're the only person going through something. You know, sometimes your world shakes so hard that it's hard to feel like everybody else isn't feeling it too. And so it was a good reminder. But what else has been going on in my life? So I went to H&M the other day and I got a Harvard sweatshirt and a Columbia sweatshirt. And I was like, I I don't know if this is in God's plan for me, but I'm praying and hoping that I can get into both of these universities. They're both on my like law school list with a bunch of others, of course, but those are the only sweatshirts that they have. And so I got both of them. And I don't know, it just feels like um someone, I was listening to an, um a sermon on YouTube And they basically said that when you believe in God, you have to act as if you already know what you're hoping for is written. Like you already know God's going to deliver, like God will provide. And by buying things, you know, that prepare you for situations, for example, some people will purchase gifts of goals and stuff that they have as like momentum for saying that they're good works and their faith, you know, will provide, you know, in God. And so, for example, you can say you might want to open up a bookstore. And so, of course, you don't have the money to open up a bookstore, but you go buy one of those open signs that are um, hang up at businesses, and you're like, this will be in my shop. And, like, that's an example of, like, a gift that you get get yourself as, you know, a momentum. And so I felt like these sweatshirts were my kind of momentum, which was nice. And another thing that I want to share with you guys, because I want I want us to grow together and I want this podcast to be fully transparent. So I've had um, I've been struggling a lot with modesty, I would say, since I've been since I have fully devoted my life to Christ. And so recently I made the executive decision to delete some pictures off of my Instagram. They're specific. I like I know everyone is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. People who follow me. There are, like, pictures of me laying in a kayak, and I have my bathing suit, and I decided to delete them um, for a a few reasons. 
<sighs> no, this is so hard to talk about. <laughs> Number one is because I didn't want people to see those parts of me. And I didn't want bathing suit pictures up that didn't have a cover-up, basically. And in those pictures, I wasn't wearing a cover-up. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is where it dwells. Y'all know that TikTok with it where they be like, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you need to start renovating today. <laughs> it's like a little workout video. But um, I was like, you know what? They're, they're so right. Like, my body is where God's spirit dwells. So it's crazy that so many people have seen it. You know, even if it's not everything, it's it's some very vulnerable parts. And so I made the executive decision to go ahead and take that down because, you know, your body belongs to the Lord. And the only person, you know, that the Bible says, you know, who gets to join you in, in union in that is a spouse, a husband or a wife. And so I don't want my future husband to have something that everybody else has already seen or had pleasure in you know, in that way. And so I decided to remove the photo. And I haven't really been convicted on the ones with the cover-up yet. I know specifically I was convicted about that one. And so I went ahead and scrapped it. But um, we'll see. We'll see what comes later for those. And then also another reason I took it down is because, you know, of the scripture, the verse that says, woe to thee who makes his own brother stumble. And I think it's very clear, especially with our age group, that we struggle with sexual temptation a lot especially men but girls too girls too and so I never want to be used as a tool from the enemy or the devil you know to tempt other people and you know because it starts there it starts with you seeing someone's bikini picture and you know then you get a little hot and sweaty and steamy and then you're like okay let me go to this little porn website and then you're like this and then this and this and then that and that but I don't even want to be the person to spark that in somebody else I don't want to be the person or the reason for somebody else's downfall and temptation. So any way that I can act, you know, as a spirit, of a, a, a fruit of the spirit, I would do that. And so by removing those pictures, I felt like that was people being less tempted, you know, by that. And so it, it spoke to me. It, it really spoke to my heart. And so I did that for me and for everybody else. And so, yeah, that's all that's been going on in my life lately, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Next segment. <laughs> Alright guys, so if you're new, the next segment is Tea Time, where I talk about, you know, all the events going on in pop culture, kind of more from a biblical aspect. But the first thing that we have to talk about is the untimely death of Angus Cloud, which was absolutely gut-wrenching. And I know it has affected so many of his fans, especially those who come from watching Euphoria, as well as his castmates, his family, and his friends. And it was absolutely sad. Um... He passed, I believe, July 31st that morning. His mother called the police and reported his death. And I believe he lost his father the previous week. And a lot of people seem to think that that had a lot to do with what happened. His death, um, the manner of which he died and how, there's not a lot of detail on it, but I believe it was a drug overdose. Um, there were comments about like his lips being blue and different things like that. Things that don't really matter, but the it's, it's just so sad when you see somebody so young and so full of potential pass away. And I think it just goes as a reminder to all of us that life is not promised. You, you Tomorrow's not promised. The day after is not promised, which is why you should really be living, you know, a life that you would be 
pleased to see, you know, a life that you're thankful for where you show gratitude and love and you continue to do all these things. And I think Angus did do those things. I think he he definitely seemed to be loved by many. And I think that is a telltale sign of how you lived your life. You know, when you pass away, are there people who will remember you for all these wonderful and kind and loving things you did and shared with them? And I think Angus definitely had people like that around him. So I just want to say Angus, rest in peace. And all right, next we have the situation with Cardi B and how she was assaulted at her concert. So there's a video circulate, y'all. It's been a long day. <laughs> there's a there's a video circulating around um, Twitter, Instagram, basically of a fan throwing a, a cup of water at Cardi while she's on stage singing. And so Cardi gets mad after she splashed and she takes the microphone and she launches it at the girl in the crowd who threw the water, but it ends up hitting two people. And so basically people have been going back and forth, you know, with their think pieces, talking about what they thought was appropriate and what they thought wasn't. And honestly, I know how it can be in the heat of the moment of things and you just get angry, especially if you're assaulted. But recently there's uh, additional clips that have come out of Cardi saying, can y'all splash water on me? Can y'all splash water on me? While she's on stage, same concert. I think it might, it's unclear whether her statements were before the girl splashed water on her. Or after but from the video that I seen in the comments people were saying that that was before and so they were saying that this changes things like if she asked the audience to throw water on her and then somebody did it later in the show rather than exactly when she said it she can't technically be mad because that is what she asked for and honestly I feel like this is just a slippery slope but I feel like aside from Cardi there are so many other performers that have got on stage and that have been you know assaulted with different things whether it be shoes or other cups or just anything they the crowd does throw things at performers and I think that there is a horrible culture of this and it has continued a lot recently and so I feel like it's inappropriate it's inappropriate and if you pay to see somebody just have the respect and decency to not throw something at someone honestly that was that used to be a trigger for me when I was younger my very first fight that I got into in grade school was because somebody threw something at me I feel like throwing something at somebody is one of the most degrading things you can do to them personally and so that's why I'm like whoa you know the bible says to be slow to anger but but I'm still being worked on so personally if somebody throws something at me I don't know how I'm gonna react it, it depends on the person and, and the thing and so I always try to warn people like whenever me and my friends are playing around and stuff and they throw things I'm like yeah don't do that because like I don't know I don't know what it is about it but something about throwing things at me don't sit right so let's not do that let's not do that um just because it's a trigger for me basically and so yeah I, that's how I feel about that whole situation and that's really all I have to say about that but next I want to talk about the Ariana Grande and Ethan Slater thing because this has like literally taken over social media for the last week, just debates and debates and debates and debates. And recently, Candace Owen made a video addressing the situation. And I never in a million years thought I would say this, but I think I actually agree with everything Candace Owen said in the video. She, I mean, her opinion was just raw and it was so good. And so I'm basically going to share with you guys. Well, first, I'm going to tell you guys what the situation is about. So Ariana Grande is a pop singer who has been working with Ethan Slater. And I believe they're working on a movie or something. I really don't know. They're working somehow together. Like, they're co-workers. 
And Ethan Slater is married. He has a wife. I believe it's his high school sweetheart um, and one child with her. And rumors have come out that Ethan Slater has decided to divorce his wife and is pursuing a relationship with Ariana Grande. Also, Ariana Grande will be divorcing her husband, Dalton Gomez. And so this has sparked outrage throughout many communities. And basically, Candace Owens took used her platform as the opportunity to share her opinion on the situation. And one thing that she said is she said, I feel like feminist is fake, especially from Ariana Grande. She said, I feel like Ariana Grande is a woman who pushes feminism and like the movement. And she was like, but I do not feel like she is acting, you know, as a true feminist would. And she said, it's apparent to her that Ariana Grande has daddy issues because she pursues men in stable relationships and rip them apart from those women. And she said, I think something from her childhood is emotionally plaguing her and young girls need strong father figures, especially um, in, in relation to their future relationships. And she just goes on to say that when people are hurt, they hurt other people. And she thinks that Ariana Grande's actions are coming out of a place of hurt. She also says that Ariana Grande is not going to stay with him. She was like, I truly believe that this was a game to her. And she said, but not to put all the blame on Ariana Grande because she didn't want to make it seem like she was attacking her. But she said that Ethan too is at fault and that he's acting like a dweeb. These are her words, not mine. She said the first girl that presents herself to him that he feels is above his league and he falls to his knees. Honestly, it was giving the spirit of Delilah, the spirit of Jezebel, in my opinion. I felt like that's what it was giving to. But anyway, back to what Candace Owen was saying. She was like, he lost his mind because he's weak. He allowed one girl to ruin his entire life and not only the life of, of his own, but his children's life, his wife, his firstborn child. You know, she's a woman that has loved him for the past 10 years. So this makes him a loser to get up and to walk away from a home that you claim to be happy in until meeting Ariana Grande. And Candace basically just said how disgusting it was. And she said he won't be able to keep her talking about Ariana Grande because the relationship is not sustainable. You know, the entire relationship was built, you know, around sneaking around, you know, that thrill, that high, you know, of having something, you know, you can't have because both of them, I guess, were married at the time. And she said, like, Ariana Grande's MO is to break up the relationships. You know, it's a high for her, and she probably won't stay because the game's over now, and it's not going to be as fun. And if you guys don't know a little bit of Ariana Grande's history, people say that because every single guy she's been with has been with someone else before they met her and left that person for them. There's Mac Miller, Pete Davidson, Big Sean, and even Dalton Gomez's um, ex-girlfriend came out and said, it's so funny seeing um, your ex with the girl he told you not to worry about. And so basically everyone has said, like, this is Ariana Grande's MO. Like, this is what she does. And then Candace basically closed out her video saying that Ariana is not a feminist. You know, and she, Candace went as far as to say that she doesn't even like feminism because she feels like it's fake. She says she feels like it's women who feel failed by men. And so they seek revenge through the independence. And she was like, they often say, like, men are ish and that type of thing. But that's basically how Candace finished her video out. But my opinion on the whole situation is I kind of agree with Candace. I feel like Ariana Grande as a woman, as a, I don't know if she's ever claimed to be a girl's girl, but as a girl's girl, from me, my point of view, you'd never want to take away a guy from another girl, you know, leaving her feeling vulnerable or like she wasn't enough. Like that's just definitely something a feminist wouldn't do. 
and it spoke to me because I saw a TikTok where a girl said, I'm talking to this new guy. And she was like, but then I got sad because I thought about there's probably a girl that's going to be sad seeing him finally move on. And that resonated with me so well because I was like, wow, I be thinking about things like that. And I think those are people who have empathy. Those are people who always put their themselves in other people's shoes, you know, to determine how they would feel if the same thing happened to them. And I feel like this is something Ariana Grande did not do. So aside from the feminism remarks, because I'm not really sure where I stand on in that regard but aside from that empathy wise I don't think Ariana Grande has very much empathy and I think she has shown that over and over again with these situations that I mean this goes as far as people saying that she would hang out with Ethan Slater and his family they would have dinners together she would play with his baby in front of him and his wife and then to now agree to pursue a relationship with him when having been in their home and been with their family is crazy to me it's absolutely crazy to me and this is we're gonna we're about to talk about this in the actual episode but there's a such thing as a proverb seven woman and I think Ariana Grande might fit the description just a tad bit but that is all I have on tea time <laughs> this next segment is my favorite one which is give them their flowers and so today I'm giving Viola Davis her flowers because I love Davis. I love Viola Davis. I cannot believe that she's 57 years old, especially because her last movie is Woman King and her body looked amazing. She looked amazing. Her ability, her strength, her athleticism, everything. Like what the heck? Viola, she's winning. Okay, she's winning. She's a walking W. But Viola Davis is an American actress. If you don't know who she is, she's played in Woman King, The Help, How to Get Away with Murder, Fences, The Hunger Games, Widows, Suicide Squad, Black Adam, Lila and Eve. If you have never seen Lila and Eve, I highly recommend it, especially for grieving mothers. And then Get Rich or Die Trying. I'm, honestly, the list goes on. If I named everything she's played in, I would be listing them forever. But she's absolutely amazing in each of these roles. I feel like she really embodies the character. She takes her job extremely serious. Personally, my favorite thing that she played in is Fences. Me and my best friend will say like the popular lines of movies all the time. Like for example, um, The Color Purple will always say like, Harpo, who this woman? And never stuff like that. Um, but in Viola Davis and Fences, she has this one killer monologue. And I know y'all know what I'm talking about. When she's like finally giving it to Troy, like finally telling him, you know, what it is and what it ain't. And she goes, you know, she said, because he basically asked her like why she didn't do anything with her life. And he, she basically responds and says like, I planted, as, as your wife, I planted my seeds into you. And I, I, I waited for them to grow. And she said, it didn't take me 18 years to realize that the soil was hard and rocky and that my flowers were never going to grow. And that monologue from her was just absolutely beautiful. It really changed my life. And I watch it all the time to this day. And she's just honestly so breathtaking. And even though that monologue wasn't her words written from her, she killed it. She killed it. I, I feel like I felt every single emotion as if I was her. And so for that very reason, I feel like Viola deserves her flowers. <laughs> now exciting let's get into the episode because we're talking about we're talking about a proverbs 31 woman okay that this is highly highly talked about in the ministry of women okay probably for all the wrong reasons 
But let, let me tell y'all something real quick. A Proverbs 31 woman is not just a wife. She's not, do not limit her to a wife. She is more than a wife. She is a God-fearing woman. Married, single, it does not matter. A Proverbs 30 woman, a Proverbs 31 woman is a God-fearing woman. Okay, y'all, seriously. It is not a wife. It is not someone who needs all these qualities checked off on a box before she can become married. No, 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 no. This is a woman who fears the Lord. And I think that's the number one thing I want to get across in this, this episode, okay? But we're going to talk about the 10 qualities of a Proverbs 31 woman. And to go ahead and start that off, y'all, I want to be very, very transparent. There are two types of women distinctively described in Proverbs. There's a Proverbs 7 woman, and then there's a Proverbs 31 woman. Now, the Proverbs 7 woman doesn't get that much clout. Probably because most people actually align with the Proverbs 7 woman and doesn't realize it. A Proverbs, I'm not going to go too into depth about this because I'll probably do a different episode on Proverbs 7 woman. But a Proverbs 7 woman is one who basically doesn't have any of, or has only some qualities of Proverbs 31 woman. But she doesn't have majority of them. She doesn't have the ones that matter. But a Proverbs 7 woman believes in God. A Proverbs seven woman says like yes i know god is real i believe in god but the proverbs 31 woman not only lives for god and believes in god but she fears god and that's what set these two apart so let's talk about the very first description that we get of the proverbs 31 woman and the bible reads an excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels Come on now. Come on, y'all. First of all, the first sentence is a question. An excellent wife who can find? Question mark. Question mark. It's saying she's rare. It's saying this type of woman. And you you have to... Let me give y'all a little bit of context. Because I know y'all probably like, you just said it wasn't a wife. This is a letter that was written to a son from a woman. A lot of people don't know that or understand it, but now that I told you that, you should be able to read a little bit more clear. But this is someone's mother saying, she is an excellent wife who can find. Basically saying this type of woman is very, very rare. She's not easily accessible. This is not a type of woman you're gonna come across, you know, often, but this is a rarity. And the next line reads, she is far more precious than jewels. You know, which is describing her value. You can't just be given to anyone. You can't be placed in the hands of anyone and expect them to treat a Proverbs 31 woman correctly, you know. And another thing I want to point out that's aside from the 10 things of a Proverbs 31 woman is Proverbs 31, 23. It says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land, which means that her husband is very well respected. This is a characteristic of a Proverbs 31 woman. So this is something that a Proverbs 31 woman has. So if you are, if you claim to be this woman, then your spouse, your partner, your boyfriend, your husband, whomever he is, needs to also be very well respected. A lot of people connect this with an Ephesians 5 man and so on. But this needs to be somebody that people look up to, somebody that people know is good, somebody who carries the characteristics that bears good fruit of the spirit, you know, that's a part of being 
this proverb woman, you know, that that's a part of this. So to just simply say, you know, that a Proverbs 31 woman is a wife. No, it's a woman who embodies all of these characteristics, including being a wife, but not is a wife. All right. So let's go ahead and start with the 10. Now that we got that, now that we got that straight, y'all, let's, let's start with the 10 characteristics. And so I have scriptures that I'm going to connect to all of these so you guys can connect it straight to the um, passage. So here we go. Number one is hardworking. Now, I did not realize how hardworking the Proverbs 31 woman was. And the whole time I'm reading it, I was like, this is giving root. This is giving root. Like she was a Proverbs 31 woman. And so let me read it to y'all. So the first scripture that I have for hardworking is 31. 13, which says she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. I think that's something that a lot of us don't do. We work. We work. We get up every day. We punch the clock. We do what we have to do. We don't like to work. We don't find fulfillment in work. We don't, we're not joyous in our work, but a Proverbs 31 woman is. She not only goes out to tend the fields or to get the flax seeds, or to, but she enjoys doing it. It brings her joy to work and you know a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on work because it's what God originally designed us to do it's what he designed Adam to do you know in the garden of Eden it's what he designed Eve to help with in the garden of Eden and so we should be joyous in our work to support that we have 3115 which says she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens so it's saying she she gets up before the sun's even up to work hard. She's diligent. She takes out time. And not only does she provide for her family, but all the people around her. So it just shows to go how caring she is as well, how she's a nurturer, how she doesn't put herself first, but she puts the needs of others first. She's compromising, you know, her sleep or additional time that she could spend doing things for herself in order to make sure that everybody else is okay. And next we have 3117. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. The way that I interpreted this was to say that she works, <laughs> she works so incredibly hard that it is it's something that you can see. It's not something that you need to be told. You know how you ask people about themselves and they say, I like to work out. But what what if we didn't even need you to say that though? What if as soon as we saw you, we're like, she works out? She has a gym body. You know those girls when you see them, she like she has a gym body. She's disciplined. She works out. And to me, this is what that scripture said. It's like her arms are, you know, clothed with strength to the point where you don't even have to question her ability to work or to be a nurturer or to be a hard worker because it's seen. It's not something that needs to be said, but it's something that's seen. 3124. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. It's just given like she's on top of her game, y'all. She, she's on top of her game. I think that speaks for itself. Like she's out here working. And it's so crazy because so often people think that men are supposed to work. They do all the working. They bring home. They're the breadwinners. And we just sit around and flounce around and be cute, clean the kitchen a little bit, tend to the garden and the kids. And that's it. But it's like, no, you, you have to be a boss. Like, I don't know what other language to use. Like you need to have something else for yourself. Where's your career? Where's your passion? Where's your profession? It's not to say that you can easily choose to be a stay-at-home mom. That's fine. But have something. Have a hobby, have a, a skill, some type of trade, something, something so that you can diligently work, you know. And this just goes to show that the Proverbs 31 woman is definitely a hard worker, okay? So the, the second one is she is intelligent and she is wise. 
Now, I, I feel like there's a difference between intelligent and wise because wisdom comes from age and from life's experiences and from getting out there and, you know, putting yourself out there, exposing yourself to different opportunities and things. And you want someone who is wise and intelligent. I feel like intelligence, you know, how book smart you are, those are things that can be learned. But wisdom is something that is experienced. And so I have three scriptures for this. 3116, which states she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. And this goes to show that she is almost like a businesswoman. Like not only is she a hard worker, but she knows, she's intelligent, she's wise enough to know that if he gives me this, I'm going to flip it. So it's almost like if a man buys you a house, you need to know how to make it into a home. If somebody provides you with something, you need to be able to double it. Um, There's a parable that Jesus tells about a master who basically gives his servants different amounts of coins. And all of his servants come back and they basically have either doubled or tripled what he gave them. But there was one person, one of his servants that was so afraid and so scared to of losing his coin that he didn't do anything with it. He buried it. And when his master came back, he gave him that one coin. And his master was disappointed in him because he was like, I, I gave you something to start with and you did nothing with it because you were afraid of losing it. And so that just goes to show that the Proverbs 31 woman is so wise and so intelligent that she knows how to flip something, you know, and make it into something beautiful. All right. 3118. Thirty-one eighteen states she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. This just goes connects straight to the one we just read, sixteen, basically saying that she she thinks everything out. She's just not, you know, working off of whims. She's actually going out here and and learning, you know, putting herself, giving herself access to this knowledge that is out here and there's so much knowledge out here y'all so much you can read a book you can go to a website you can do anything to gain knowledge so we're looking for people a proverb 31 is someone who goes out and grabs the knowledge that's already readily available to us not somebody that waits to to be handed the table waits to to have a seat at the table but someone who goes out and takes a seat you know last one 31 24 she makes linen garments and sells... Okay, this was, this was also hardworking and intelligent. She sells sashes to merchants. I put that because it's not heavily implied, but I'm thinking if she's selling sashes to the merchants, which are people who sell things to other people, if you can sell something to somebody whose job is to sell to other people, I don't know why, but when I read that, it blew my mind. Because, like, she's wise. She's intelligent. She's smart. I hate to say, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, it's something my mom always says about me. I don't want to, you know, put her with scammers because that's funny, but my mom always says I'm a finesser. She uses that term a lot and she always laughs. Like whenever people try to sell me things or like we're in the mall and they're like, let me flat iron your hair. And she's like, they don't know they're trying to finesse a finesser. And it's so funny to me. Because when I read that, I was like, she's a finesser. If you can sell something to a merchant, somebody who sells something to other people, you're a finesser. So um, the Proverbs 31 woman is a finesser. And that's why I had to put that one down twice for hardworking and intelligence and wise. Number three, she is honest and she is humble. And I have one scripture to support this, which is 3130, which states, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. So I put this because she's honest. Charm is deceitful. I think a lot of women use our gifts as ways to be deceitful towards men, to trick them into buying things for us, 
to gratifying us, to, to doing favors for us, because we know that we have the ability to. We know how to weaken men in certain aspects, especially when it comes to looks, sex. Like we know we have things to offer them. And I think sometimes women can take advantage of that. And that is called being deceitful. But a Proverbs 31 woman, she knows that charm is deceitful. So she's honest. And then it says, and beauty is vain. And Ecclesiastes says this so many times, like everything we have fades, even our looks down to your pretty thick hair is going to turn short, curly and gray one day. You know, your body's going to wrinkle, all these different things. So at the end of the day, beauty is not what's going to matter. So the Proverbs 31 woman is humble. She doesn't care how far her looks can take her, but how far her, her faith to God can take her, how much that means to other people, but not just her looks. Number four, she is selfless and she is a giver. Scripture is 31, 20. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. This is just saying you want somebody who is giving, somebody who gives with joy, somebody who is pleased to give to others, somebody who doesn't hem or honk. And the way that I always try to remind myself is this, is that everything we have is not ours. Everything we have is given to us by God. All of the treasures that we have here on earth, everything we have. So as you freely accept it, you should be able to freely give. And another thing I try to remind people is they're like, I don't want to give money to homeless people. They're going to go buy crack. They're going to go buy alcohol. They're going to go buy. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do with it. The point is that you did your, your part. You gave, you were gracious in your giving, and you gave with the right intentions. What anybody does with the money is up to them, but you using somebody's, prophesied actions as a reason to not give to them is really you just making an excuse it's just us making excuses you know and it does have to come from a place of growth because I feel like at one point in time we've all probably said that I know I have um but it takes you know somebody who's intelligent somebody who's wise to seek out wisdom and to learn different things and to grow as a person and when you grow I feel like giving is one of the things you grow in but that is not to say that when you're at church and the preacher is like subjecting everybody to giving a whole bunch of money you should just give it up because you feel like giving is the right thing. Because there is actual biblical scripture. I can't tell y'all exactly where it comes from, but I know it's in the Bible. Um, that says, like, make sure that you are joyous in your giving and not that you are giving because you were tempted to, like, people were prompting you to. It says, do it because you want to do it genuinely and it's coming straight from your heart and not because somebody asked you to do it. And that's very, very important. Like the intentions behind a Proverbs 31 woman's giving should be pure, not because people are like, oh, you should give. If you give, that makes you a good Christian. So you should give, give, give because that's not genuine. So you need to wait. Don't give just because, you know, you're subjected to an environment where everyone else is giving, but give to people and enduring situations where you actually feel like you're making a difference where it's pure in your heart. And I think that will kind of embody the Proverbs 30 woman's selflessness and her giving spirit. Next, we have modesty, which is 3125. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She lasts at the time to come. So I think that this is, you know, self-explanatory. I speak about modesty quite a lot because it is something that I'm in during my season right now. I'm trying to work out and learn more about and change. And so a Proverbs 31 woman is modest because she knows that the spirit of the Lord dwells within her and she's doing everything she can to be the perfect host for it. And along with that is making sure you are clothed not only with actual material clothing, 
but with the characteristics that support somebody who is modest, somebody who is humble, somebody who walks with humility, somebody who is kind, somebody who is giving. Somebody, all these things are things that fit into modesty as well. You also want to be somebody who can keep, I don't know how to say this in the correct way, but someone who can kind of like keep their business to themselves. You don't want to be someone who overshares. The Bible says not to be an overshare and not to share, you know, every part of your life with everyone. And I think that goes into modesty, learning how to have some things just be intimate between you and God and let that be enough. It also, it, it often kind of shows itself with bargaining. A lot of us will bargain and we'll go to this person, we'll go to our parents, then we'll go to our best friends, then we'll go to our guy friends, then we'll go to our significant other, and we'll ask them, what should I do about this? What should I do about this? But sometimes God just says, come to me. You know, just come to me and let and let that let that be enough. Let that be enough for you. And so I think that also goes into modesty, because I feel like in my mind, modesty is containing things between you and the Lord for your body, your characteristics, all that, that type of thing. And so, yeah, a Proverbs 31 woman is modest, y'all. Number six. Loyal and trustworthy. 31.11 states, The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. This is to say that your husband should be able to completely confide in you. You should be his helper. You should be a place that he can also run to. Once you guys are married and you, you, you become one. This is two people that are becoming one. And so loyalty and trustworthiness is very, very, very important. Um in any relationship that you have, but especially from a Proverbs 31 woman. You want to be somebody that people can rely on, somebody that people can fall back on. You know when they need to know that when they fall, you're going to be there to help them and pick them up, not to laugh at them, you know, not to bash them, not to be the, the person that says, I told you so, and I actually had to pray about this this week because I do describe myself as wise, but sometimes I can be very passive when I'm trying to explain things to people because in my mind I get so angry when people mess up because to me it's common sense or it's easy and so when I go to explain to them what was wrong or how they could have you know stayed away from that temptation sometimes it's very angry and comes out of a passive place and so I have to remind myself that I was once there I was once one of the people who were doing things that today I would say is common sense and so you need to be able just to have that level of of trustworthiness to the point where when people come confiding you, they know you won't be that person to be passive or angry at them for falling, but just be there to listen to them and to pick them up. The other scripture that supports this is 31.12, which says, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. And this is just to say that a Proverbs 31 woman is somebody who will do everyone good. Someone you want a woman in your life that push you to be a better person. And so if there is a woman in your life doesn't matter who it is, who is not aiding in you being a better person or better version of yourself. She's probably not a Proverbs 31 woman. If she's encouraging you to go out and drink and party and have premarital sex, like all those types of things, she's probably not a Proverbs 31 woman because that woman would respect your dignity, your value enough to be loyal and to be trustworthy. And if she is doing those things, if not respecting your value and encouraging you to do other things. She's not trustworthy. She's not leading you, you know, down a path of righteousness, but one of destruction. And so that's definitely something to keep your eyes open to. Number seven is she is valuable. And the scripture I have for that one is 3125, which states, strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. I think having dignity 
well, valuableness and dignity kind of coexist. But I think what I really wanted to point out is that she laughs at the time to come. Like she believes in God so much and she's so confident and has so much dignity that she isn't really worried about, you know, what is to come or what to expect. She knows that her faith is in the Lord and that he will provide and that is enough for her. And so that carries her farther than anything else would. And so I think the, let me see, the the dignity part comes from knowing who you are in God, like knowing who you are and whose you are. And by knowing that you can allow your faith to direct you in a way that you wouldn't have if you didn't have dignity. And I think being able to laugh at the future is to say that I already know how this story ends. And that's a saying that I love to say, because saying whatever I go through, whatever happens to me, I know that God is with me. I know that he's leading me. I know this is his path. So I already know how the story ends. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to be saddened. I'm not going to be angered because I know how this ends every single time. I get to end up with God in the end. I get to end up in heaven with the end. God will work this out for me. God will provide. So she laughs at the days to come. She's dignified. Number eight is kindness. 3126. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Basically, just this speaks for itself. She's kind. She's nice. She is giving. I think that goes into kind. She speaks highly of others. She speaks up to others, never down. She is somebody who lifts up others. She is somebody who speaks words of encouragement, words of beauty, words of prophecy. This is somebody who every time she opens up her mouth, nothing nasty ever comes out. You know what they say? It's not what goes into you that defiles you, but what comes out of you because what comes out of you comes directly from your heart. And so it's important to remember that when speaking to people. And now we are not perfect. I want to be very, very clear about this. And I don't even think that a Proverbs 31 woman will be perfect because if we're perfect, then that means that we don't need Jesus. We don't need God. We don't need a savior. And so none of us are perfect. And I think Even a Proverbs 31 woman can mess up sometimes. Even sometimes she may slip up and in the heat of anger say something unkind. But she's self-aware enough to know when she has messed up, to apologize, to recount her words, and to, to spread love and forgiveness and grace when she can. Number nine, fears the Lord. Hello, this is my baby one. (laughs) Hello. So 3130. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, if y'all don't know what fear of the Lord means, because a lot of people take this literally, we don't mean like you hear his voice and you're like trembling or like hiding, but it comes from a place of like, I love the Lord so much that I would never, ever want to do something to disappoint my father. My father's disappointment is what scares me more than anything because I love him so much and I would never ever want to do anything to make him feel like I didn't love him and that's what I'm afraid of okay I am afraid of of God being disappointed in me I am afraid of of God feeling like I failed well no I don't want to say that because God never feels like he failed because we knows he knows he knows we need him but you don't ever want to feel like you failed God that's what you're afraid of that's the feeling you're afraid of is you feeling like you failed God And so fear the Lord. And if you need like bigger context into what this means, Tim Ross has a beautiful podcast 
with John Bevere on this book that he wrote called The Awe of God, where they talk about what it really means to fear the Lord. And I 100% recommend that to anybody who doesn't quite understand or can't really wrap their mind around this idea of God fearing. Please go listen. It is amazing. You will come out so wise with so much more wisdom and so much more intelligence. And number 10, y'all, the last one. She has gained the respect of many. 3128. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. 29. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Woo! This one gives me chills, y'all. I swear, it gives me chills. Just, just imagine someone says this to you. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Like, that's going to hit completely different. Completely different. And it says her, her children rise up and they bless her. Because she's such an amazing mother that so many people are showing gratitude to her. She's such an amazing wife that her husband is showing gratitude to her. All these people respect her so much and love her so much that they're so diligently thankful that God has provided someone like this in their life. And I think that just goes to speak about how wonderful and how much like God the Proverbs 31 woman is. You know, the Bible says that we should all try to act as closely as we can to Jesus, act as closely as we can to God. And the Proverbs 31 woman is really trying to embrace the fruits of the spirit, which is why she is so respected and loved by many. And y'all, this, I'm sorry, this is my favorite one. Like that saying, that quote is just, it blows my mind to even think that maybe one day you could be so wonderful, so diligently, so kind, so hardworking, so intelligent, so modest, so loyal, so trustworthy, so selfless, such a giver, so valuable, that people would think this of you, like that you're this strong, loving, God-fearing woman, and to have people not only think that, but have the courage to say and share that with you is absolutely beautiful. So that is all I have for you guys today. I want you guys to read Proverbs 31 for yourselves, come up with your own interpretations, take out of it what you can. You might even find some additional things that I didn't speak about and try to implement these into your life. This is not something you can do, you know, in a day. It's something you're going to have to pray about and ask God and the Holy Spirit for help with to guide you into bearing these fruits and to gaining these things. But then go out and, and share them with other people. You know, someone told me that a gift isn't a gift unless you share it with other people, so. All right, guys, I'll see you guys next week. I hope you guys have a great week. I love you. Bye. Well, that's the wrap for this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Join me again next Friday so we can read the room again, sis. Be blessed, loveys. Have a good week.